Thanks for joining me in Chef Beast Sandbox. I'm April Don Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Chelsea Reif. Welcome, Hi. Chelsea. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Well, in this first segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. And being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. So what order do you give the barista? Usually an iced mocha or iced matcha with oat milk and then a little bit of honey. Sweet. <laughs> well, now that you have your warm beverage, let's dive. Well, actually yours is not warm. It's refreshing. It's iced. Now that you have your refreshing beverage, let's dive right in. Sometimes living one's purpose and going through this human experience can look like playing small, but other times it can look like playing big. So in your spotlight moments, Chelsea, have there been any claims to fame, times that our listeners may have seen you or your work? I think probably in my podcast, that's maybe where listeners would know me and maybe some of the guests I've had on. So I think those were moments where I definitely played big and, you know, shot my shot as the people would say, I really was just like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see what happens when I pitch this person and I pitched the person, they said, yes, they were on my podcast. And then if they shared it on their socials or emails, that might be where someone might know me from. Well, guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversation something that doesn't get nearly enough play, enough airtime. And the prior guest chose imaginative. Her mm. word was imagination, but she was giving the word luxuriate. And so she was trying to find out how to luxuriate the word imagination. So she mm. chose imaginative. So you are tasked to try and somehow fit that into our conversation today. Okay. 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 I love that. You also get to choose a word for the next guest to dance with. And it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or something that resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? I would love to hear people start using the word soiree. And for those who might not know what it means, what is Chelsea's definition of soiree? I love to think of it just a social outing, a gathering, but I feel like it's more elevated there's a certain like je ne sais quoi about that word so I just love the word soiree and yeah if you're going out and you're having friends over or you know you want to have a party I would love to hear it referred to as a soiree <laughs> so Chelsea you and I were introduced via the holisticism hub community so my listeners have been hearing about that for several weeks now because I've been connecting with people in that way they have things that are called the free offering Fridays, where members can talk about something that they're offering for free, of course. And then you have the give and take Thursdays. Those are once a month, which you post a give and then you post a take. And I've put on there that I am open to having people come on as collaborators or a guest. And I feel like that's both a give and a take by by giving you an opportunity or a platform, it's also a take and then I get to find out more about you and I get all these awesome people on my podcast to introduce you to my listeners. So how did you first get involved in Holisticism Hub? Yeah, so actually about three or four years ago, I had Michelle Pelazon who runs Holisticism on my podcast 
And I think this was either right when she started holisticism or maybe shortly after, because I know when she talks about it, she says she started it in 2017. And I'm like, she must have come in right around then. So holisticism was new. And I feel like I found her honestly, probably through Instagram or someone being connected with her. And then after that, I wasn't really on her radar. She wasn't really on my radar because at that point, holisticism wasn't what it is today, where it's a full-blown membership and the community hub, as you know, that we connected in. So I think she popped back up on my timeline or something on Instagram. And I'm like, what has she been up to? Let me see. Cause she was on my podcast. And then I started looking at all the content and resources she was creating. And I'm like, this is incredible. And something that really stood out was her intuitive business school, which I think is inside the holisticism hub and the amount of free content she was offering, especially during the pandemic, the height of it. I was like, this is really helpful because a lot of us started online businesses or podcasts or digital communities. And so when I saw that resource, I was like, I need to dig into this more. So then I joined the Holisticism Hub and yeah, I've been very active in there and connecting with people and her membership since then, because it's such an incredible community. How did you connect with the founder of Holisticism? I honestly feel like I probably interviewed someone that knew her and said, you should check out this woman. She's built an amazing platform because at that point, my podcast was really focused on wellness and health. And that's what Holisticism you know, that's one of their pillars is like wellness and health. I think I just looked at her website and I was like, I would love to connect. I feel like we have a similar message, similar approach to things. Uh, I reached out, I think on Instagram or email and we got connected and we did an interview. So yeah, I think she was on one of my first 40 episodes, which is really cool because that was almost three or four years ago now. And yeah, holisticism has completely grown and it's an amazing place now. One of the things that you post frequently about in the Holisticism Hub, which I just want to say to everybody, it is a free community. So it's not like there's a membership to join. There are special offerings within that that you could sign up for that are premium that you pay. But yeah, there's no charge to be introduced to these fantastic people. And you have these free offering Fridays. I will share some of those or... I'll be talking about how I got this free tarot reading or free this. And I had a friend this asked me this past week, how are you connecting or getting all of this stuff? I'm like, well, this is some hub I've told you guys before. Yes. <laughs> sign up because I'm up for all that stuff. So I'll sign up and then I'll give Love my it. review because it's always fantastic. Um, yes. Whatever they're offering. What I see you post about a lot is podcast help. So is that what your coaching is centered mostly around our podcasts? Yes, is definitely helping people launch their podcasts. That was actually not what I started out doing. I started out focused on mindset and manifestation coaching. And then after about a year, I had been working with private clients and doing courses and workshops. I started to notice that a lot of people wanted to start a podcast, but it wasn't even the tech that they were getting caught up in. It was a lot of the mindset stuff. Like, oh, no one's going to listen, or I don't want to get canceled. I don't want my person to hear this and X, Y, Z, and they just wouldn't start a podcast. And so I realized, let me combine my background with mindset coaching also with my background in podcasting. Cause at that point I've had my, I've had my podcast since 2017 and formulate a way to help people with their podcast. So about, 
I want to say six months ago, maybe in summer of 2021, I started offering podcast coaching. And that was really where I started to see myself thrive and clients were like, I want to start a podcast. I just don't know X, Y, Z. I was like, oh, I can help you. So yeah, now that's what I really focus on is helping people launch their podcast. The people that you help with their podcast, are they, uh, I just like want to make it clear to people who are listening, if they wanted to reach out to you, what if it's not like spiritual based? What if it's about baseball or I don't know, home health care or something like that? Do you help them with that too? Or are you specifically geared towards those in the spiritual space? Yeah, I definitely could help. I will say most people I've helped are women that are spiritual or have a business, but that's not to say I couldn't help someone that has a totally different type of idea. It just seems to be that's who I've attracted and those are the communities I'm in. So that's technically where all my portfolio does lie in that in that realm. And not to say that those other things couldn't be spiritual, but I think exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. But I actually have had a guy reach out and be like, I want to start a sports podcast. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's all follows the same framework. It's, you know, all picking what you want to talk about and content pillars and just recording. So it's the skeleton of everything is pretty much the same. It's just the content changes up. I was talking to somebody, a friend, and they were interested in setting up a a website and it seemed to them to be a little bit out of their reach and I just took a a guess a leap and I'm like have you actually looked in to see how much it was how much it cost because I had it in my back of my mind I had this intuitive hit that they might think that it's more than it was and that that's what was keeping them from doing it and she was like oh no I haven't I'm like well This is how much it costs for a website. It was like 120 a year. And um, for the the domain, it was an extra this amount. And I I told her, I consider it my hobby. Some people have some really expensive hobbies. And so compared to that, when you divide it up into a monthly bit, it's not that extravagant. And so if you just feel like it's investing in yourself and what you want to do, it's sometimes it's a pretty cheap hobby, actually, as opposed to maybe shoes or designer purses or, oh gosh, tools, if, if you're into working on vehicles. So she was like, oh my gosh, that is so doable. And so that had been this thing that she had thought was keeping her from it just because it was this imaginary number. So maybe that's why I haven't looked into getting some type of podcast help before, because I just assumed that people would be charging premium (laughs) for their help. And I don't know, maybe a lot of the people who come to you are starting out and they don't have these grand ideas of making money, a living off of their podcast, but they want to at least get started. Are you able to tell us how much it would be to get started with you? Yeah. So I have my background in broadcast journalism and digital media, and then I have my master's in digital media and storytelling. So when I work with podcasters, it's definitely we're working together for five months really in depth. So it is crafting your launch plan, what your message is, all the tech stuff, and then they have access to my courses as well as one-on-one support. So not only the phone calls, but on Voxer, which is a text message 
text and voice message app, they can contact me in between two. So, you know, if they're recording and they're like, I'm going through something like, I don't know, I'm getting nervous. I'm like, just hit me up on Voxer. So it's like having me in their back pocket at all the time. So because of that level of access and how long we're working together, plus how much expertise I'm giving them, my packages start at $5.99 a month for five months total. Um, so that would be like the, that's the one package I do with private clients, but then I have a course. So this is really a nice option for someone that maybe either doesn't have the funds to work together privately or like to work in a group of people. Then mic drop is my course where we can actually work together in a group setting. And those payment plans, you can do a payment plan of three for $333. Um, so the total investment is 997 and this is, again, me taking all my expertise and background and making it really easy and digestible to follow because I've seen the podcast courses out there. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to start one. Some of them are really complex, really overwhelming, 90 minute training videos, you know, the, all the bells and whistles. And like you said, some people are like, I just don't even know how to get started. I don't know if I need this microphone or this one. I don't know which software. They don't know the basics. And so this is what Mic Drop does. It's very foundational in the basics. So once you have access to the course too, you have lifetime access. So you can join any of the future rounds. If you want to join four times in the year, every time we do it, you can do that. So it's kind of like a gift that keeps on giving. Whenever I add content to it, all my old members get the new content too. Perfect. Yeah. So many people, they, um, they say they want to do a podcast and I encourage them to do it. I think the podcasting community, I don't know, it feels to me pretty inclusive because we all have been through, I think most of us have probably been through a trial and error process where we felt like we were alone. And so anytime that we can bring someone alongside us and help them bypass any of the obstacles that we painfully went through, it feels good to bring them in because I, I love for people to go ahead and jump in and do it. I'd rather them be like, okay, this is not what I thought it was. And I've tried it, been there, done that, not what I want, rather than having this what if in the back of their mind like this dream that if only they had this podcast and maybe it's not quite as magical as they thought, but at least they know if they've, if they've tried. And there are some really easy slash free access points to podcasting. So it's not like you have to invest so much money into at least trying it, see if it's your thing or not. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's something I wanted to definitely add that part of my work is, you know, having a podcast. So I have basically free content every single week for the last four years that someone could go consume as well and learn something. And in these, in these interviews or in these stories, I tell one thing is that what you just said, it doesn't have to be a lot of money to get started. If someone wanted to start a podcast now, you could open up your phone to the voice note app and record an episode on your voice notes. Actually, my first I want to say like 50 solo episodes were done on my phone. I didn't have a microphone because I kept letting perfectionism get in the way because I was like, I want the best one. I need to have a Hollywood level studio. I can't just start right now. And so I would do it on my phone, which was funny because then people would say, your sound quality is so clear. Where are you recording with what microphone? I'm like, I'm in my room on my phone. It's really that simple. 
And then there's free websites to host like Anchor. There's free editing softwares like GarageBand and Audacity. So you really could start a podcast completely free. Exactly. Yeah. How I first got into it was Anchor. Um, and you can record directly into the, the app, the Anchor app on your phone, just like you said. And then it, they allow up to 30 minutes if you're not uploading something. But if you're just talking directly into the app, they have a 30 minute time limit. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program for this nonsense with Natalie. Oh, fellows. <laughs> um, so I have a joke for you. And do you know what it's time for? What? Nonsense for Natalie. Oh, nice. So I have a joke for you. What is it? <clears throat> Why are lunches a great way to start exercising? Oh, I I read this joke. So why are lunges? Lunges. A great way to start exercising? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not see the answer. So I'm going to take a guess because they they move you forward. That's they're, really late. Very, very close. <laughs> they're a bit, well, they're a big step forward. Mm, okay. You were close, I but was. not just there. But not there. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye. But yeah, it can be so, so easy. And I think it's one of the many things that perfectionism does not serve a person very well at all. That being said, um, I was talking to a friend over the weekend and she felt bad because she had, hadn't realized I'd been podcasting for the last year and a half. <laughs> and so she looked and saw how many episodes I had and I kind of gave her the little caveat that, hey, I'm not really that proud of the quality at the beginning. So maybe you want to listen to more of some of the more recent episodes, because over time, I have worked out some of the kinks with the microphone, or I figured out that I was like recording through my computer and that computer mic was horrible. It was like very tinny. I'll put a video version out on YouTube. And so I have like a little light here so over time it's just gotten better and better mm-hmm. and I would give that permission to whoever's listening regardless of whether it's podcasting or whatever your passion is jump in and allow yourself to be bad like really bad at first and be- just knowing that as you go along you're going to learn of course you're going to learn and you're going to get better and better and better but that process is never even going to start if you don't. So exactly. I totally agree. I always tell clients before they even upload an episode, I'm like, just record a track without any intention of uploading it just to get in the habit of recording. And then right after that, record the track that you're going to upload so you don't overthink it and just know, yeah, your first 10, 20, maybe even a hundred episodes might not be that good. There's still stuff I'm working on that I've been in the game now for four years. I've done over 150 episodes. There are still things I catch when I'm editing or in post-production where I'm like, I can't believe I still do that thing. You know, I've done so many of these and it just goes to show there's always room for improvement, like you said, but you're not even going to know what to improve if you don't start. We always think, oh, it's going to be the the sound or the intro. And then you listen and you're like, 
actually that's not it at all. It's the room I'm recording in, but it's like, you wouldn't find that out unless you actually start it. So I agree. Let yourself be beginner. Let yourself be bad. I actually heard my client tell me she was following this YouTube influencer who basically said, I knew my first hundred videos were going to be trash. She just basically gave herself that outing. She was like, I'm going to do a hundred videos. I don't, it's going to be like some sound might not work. The frames might not be clear. I'm letting myself do a hundred bad videos. I was like, that's really smart to go into it with saying, I'm going to let myself mess up so that you don't put so much pressure on yourself to be, you know, a Hollywood level style podcaster or something out the gate. And it's interesting how we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially when it comes to podcasting, when we don't have this background, you know, people are expecting to be professional podcasters after one to two episodes. And I'm like, you wouldn't go to a a Spanish class and during class be like, I think I'm fluent now. You would have to go to multiple classes to learn the language with an instrument. You don't go in week one, you're completely comprehensive in the instrument. You have to learn how to read the music and how to play. Same thing with podcasting. It's like learning a language or a new instrument. You have to practice. So I love what you said too, of like, let yourself be bad and inevitably you will get better. Yeah, I think people have this misconception that the eyes of the world are going to be on them from day one, when realistically, someone probably won't find you like day one. I mean, it's going right. to be later on, maybe a year or two down the road before they actually come across your work. And by then you're going to be polished, <laughs> more polished yeah. at least. Exactly. And someone always said this, there's this quote out there. It's like, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you launch too late. And I love that because it's like no one out the gate has been like, wow, my very first one was my absolute best work. It's usually like you said, oh, maybe don't listen to those ones or don't go look at those videos because that was when I was just starting. And I would encourage any podcaster when you get in that headspace, go back to your favorite podcast, go listen to their first episode. So go watch their first YouTube video and you'll be like, oh, okay. I see what everyone means. Yeah. It probably wasn't that good in the beginning and it just gets better. And I would say that again, that translates to so many things like my friend with the website, I gave her the permission. Hey, it's okay. If your website looks horrible, I mean, just get the domain that you want, make it like a, just a landing page. There are so many templates out there. You just plug in your company name and a phone number or your email address. And if you have it, like your booking link uh, for someone to schedule an appointment, if that's what they do. But yeah, just get your phone number or your email address out there, some type of contact. And then as you go along, you may not even have any offerings yet, possibly, but you can add those as you get them. But you already have your website and... Yeah, yeah, just allow just yourself to it. be bad. <laughs> yeah, allow yourself to be bad, build on it. I, I almost do everything now with the eyes of an experiment. I'm like, this is an experiment. And you don't go into an experiment being like, this experiment's going to be perfect. You go into an experiment testing something and you're like, what is the outcome going to be? That's how I would look at podcasting or any creative thing that you're starting is not, you know, this has to be absolutely perfect. It's like, like let's see what happens and reiterate. Well, that reminds me of human design. I am a three, five profile. So I definitely have that experimentation part of it with the three energy. 
And I would ask you if you have heard of human design, but it being holisticism hub, the answer is always yes. So what is, what is your type and profile? Yeah, I'm a six, two reflector. Ooh, you're one of those reflector unicorns. (laughs) Yes. Everyone always says that. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, it's interesting. The more you learn about it, because it does resonate a lot. And I know my six, two profile, I think the, I think it's the two line that is just kind of like having a natural gift that it's hard to explain to people sometimes. And when I talk to other two lines, they're like, yeah, it's like, you want to be able to teach it and explain it, but it's like, I don't know how to tell you, like, it's just part of me, but I also think my six line helps me explain it. Cause right. the six, I think you have like three phases of life. And it's interesting because I'm wrapping up my very first one. My birthday is actually tomorrow. So I'm turning oh, 31. Thank you. And the, I think it's your first 30 years are what we're talking about, experimenting, seeing yeah. what you like, seeing what you're doing. So whenever I read about the profile types, I'm like, yes, this does resonate. And yeah, being a reflector is a very interesting profile or excuse me, energy type, because something that resonates is like, you don't have a set identity. You will be a million different things in your life. You're kind of a chameleon. And that has been one of my biggest insecurities actually, because like I told you, even when I started my business, it was a totally different sector of coaching. And now it's podcast coaching. And I always get worried that, you know, does this look like I can't commit to something? Do I look wishy-washy? Does it look like I don't have a clear direction in life? But I'm like, I just find it all interesting. I want to teach everything. I want to do everything. I want to learn everything. I don't like to be pigeonholed into one thing. And the more I read about being a reflector, that definitely rings true. So I like learning about human design and implementing it. Yeah, they said with the reflectors, and you can tell me if this uh, resonates with you, that they kind of take the temperature of whatever environment they're in. So if you're doing well, then that's a good indication that everything around you is kind of healthy and on the up and up. And then if you're not doing so well, what occurred to me is I got, when I heard that I got the visual of the miners when they went down into the mines and they had the little canary <laughs> that came in. If the canary drops dead, then it's like, oh, we're in trouble guys. So I kind of thought of that as the reflectors, like let's look at the reflector and see are we okay? <laughs> or do we need to like make some major changes? That's, it does resonate because, and I'm very affected by my environment. That's something they always say too, you know, like you just said, where your environment is, is very, very reflective. That's the word of how you're doing too. And last year I lived in Germany during a lockdown and it was probably the hardest period of my life. And it's my environment. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to being not only locked in a house, but in a country, I don't know the language in a place that the weather isn't that great. I'm from Florida. So it was so many different things that were affecting my environment. And it was interesting that as soon as I changed environments, even locally, if I would just go to a cafe or a co-working space, being around people similar to me, I totally lit up and I'm like, this is so interesting. Like, it's pretty obvious, but with me, I can definitely feel it. I'm like, I feel a totally new sense of self when I change environments. So, um, can I yeah. ask how you ended up in Germany? Yeah, it was my ex partner. So we met in Australia and he was German and he had to go back there for school and my visa was expiring in Australia. And so we are like, why not give it a shot? So that's why I ended up in Germany. Hmm. Um, there was another question I wanted to ask. 
Oh yeah. So I, it's just one of those fun things. At the end of the year, I put together a Google map of where everyone was that I talked to that interviewed for that year. So where are you at today? I'm in Satellite Beach, Florida, a very, very, very tiny town in Florida, central Florida. Okay, very cool. So yeah, I have it so that when people go onto the Google Maps, they can see the little uh, pins and they can click on that. And then on there, I'll have uh, a link so where someone can click on that to go listen to the person who lives there that was interviewed at the time. So it's just kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool idea. So Chelsea, how can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your own sandbox? You can follow me or find me at Chelsea Rife on Instagram, ChelseaRife.com. And my podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. So you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. The Instagram is Non-Expert Opinion Pod. And yeah, if you're interested in working together, you can find all the information on my website. Well, I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke Story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they could go you know, research and also learn from? Ooh, yeah. Mine aren't really conventional teachers, but I would say authors are great teachers. So Kat Marnell is someone who I really, really admire. She was a drug addict and wrote a memoir called How to Murder Your Life. And she just writes incredibly funny and self-deprecating, but is also a really talented writer. So I have now been investing in her work more. She has a Patreon and she's just such a great teacher of travel and starting over. So like I said, not a conventional teacher, but I think you could learn a lot from her book and her writings now. I also love Lauren Bostick. She is an influencer turned author and podcaster, and she has built an empire out of her podcast. She turned her podcast into a product line, into a book, into an actual podcasting agency. I admire her work so much and what she's done and really taken her podcast to new heights. And she actually encouraged me to start my podcast. So if you're someone who's been wanting to start a podcast, I would check her out. She gives great advice and you can see the amazing things that podcasting gives you. What's the name of her podcast? It's called um, The Skinny Confidential Him and Her. So she does it with her husband. And then I would say a third teacher my life. I'm trying to think of like recent teachers, honestly. Um, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. I was a little late to that book and I now understand why everyone is so obsessed with it. I have been habit tracking. I love the visuals and examples that he uses. And I think this will be really helpful for anyone to hear that when you feel like you're going slow or behind or not making the progress you want to make, remember that bamboo, it builds its roots underground extensively for about, I want to say six years before it shoots up into a bamboo shoot within like six weeks. So that just always reminds me, like, if I feel like I'm going slow, I just literally think of that root system. I'm like, no, Chelsea, you're building your roots. You're going to shoot out like a bamboo soon. Take your time and do it the right way. And I think James Clear did an incredible job of illustrating that, that visual of what it takes to be patient and what will come of that. Yeah, I read his, actually, I listened to the book um, on audio and I loved it. It was really eye-opening and I could see as well why I had heard about it recommended from so many 
sources. It was crazy good. Yes, it was really good. <laughs> Highly recommend. So all three of those happen to be authors. Did you want to like somehow lump those under one teacher or did Ooh. you want to make those separate? Because I was like, that's really hmm. smart. Because some people have so many teachers, but if you start with like just a, authors. an overall theme and then you kind of fit in so many others underneath that that, that was yeah good. <laughs> oh that's true yeah okay those are authors I would say other personal teachers from like a coaching perspective one of mine has been Rachel B Turner that's her name on Instagram Rachel Turner is a trauma-informed business coach who focuses on human first practices so she just really allowed me to start layering my humanity into my work as someone who's a coach I always thought, you know, everything has to be a life lesson or inspirational or a key takeaway. And it's exhausting to try to do that all the time. And she was like, it's okay if you want to just show that you went out to dinner on Friday and that you went out with your friends, you're not going to lose your business over it. And she really helped me get out of the mindset that everything I do needs to be an inspirational life lesson. And she also taught me the importance of, you know, trauma-informed ethical sales practices and ways to run your business that do feel good to you and your customers. So she's been incredible. I, I've worked with some coaches before that I wasn't so happy with the outcome. And she really helped me undo a lot of that conditioning and the work. So highly recommend her work. And Tori Washington, she is a wealth and money coach. She has been so eye-opening and how much money trauma lives in our body. I was someone that, you know, read all the money mindset books and took all the courses and the workbooks. And she approaches it from a different way, more somatically. And she's like, money stories live in your body. And so she does a whole practice with your body called the wealth embodiment flow. Incredible. I have been in her membership now for a year and I've worked through so much with my body. And it's something that I hadn't really seen in the space before. So I really think Tori is an incredible mentor for anybody looking to work through financial or money stuff. It is so interesting that you say that because the episode that I'm hoping to release today in that conversation, we talk about money and how you can hire all these mindset coaches and do all these mantras and trying to manifest with your mind. But if your body is not feeling safe or doesn't feel as though that that's true, it's going to reject it. And so I think that's so cool that you're mentioning that. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably something I need to look into. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool work. So highly recommend her. Um, But yeah, those are the two mentors off top of mind that I've really invested in their work in the last year and really understood how to do business and approach things a bit differently. So we have authors, we have mentors. Did you want to do a third category? Ooh, I know I'm thinking, I'm like, should I go like influencer route? Should I go someone else, like more traditional teachers? I mean, I I do think as a podcaster, I've been watching how other people interview. And I really think obviously Oprah is incredible. She has done an incredible, not only job of building her empire, but if you watch how she interviews, she genuinely is just a curious person. Mm -hmm. So for any podcasters out there, just watching people interview is a great way to learn how to interview. I also love on Netflix, it's called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And I think it's, I, I don't know if it's a limited series, but it is such an incredible, uh, such an incredible series to hear people's stories that they're not media trained. You know what I mean? They're, Mm -hmm. they're just telling you what's really on their mind. 
and the host is absolutely incredible. I'm actually blanking on his name, which is so embarrassing because I'm like, he's the the host of the whole show. He he was an old David Letterman. David Letterman. Mm. Yep. That's who it is. I was like, I know who it is. I'm just blinking. Yeah. Watch how he interviews and storytells. It's incredible. And then Guy Raz, the host of How I Built This on NPR. I think he does an amazing job asking entrepreneurs how they built their actual businesses and gets to the questions that you're wanting to know. You know, when an entrepreneur is like, I was $100,000 in debt and now I'm a millionaire. And you're like, how? Like, how did you, yeah, how did you get out of debt? Like, what was the first thing you did? And, and Guy really will ask those questions and be like, can you tell us? Like, who did you call? How did you get out of that? And I really appreciate that he goes to those edges and really pushes his guests for that transparency. So I think he's an amazing person to listen to and understand how to storytell an interview. I feel better about <laughs> the episode that I'm, I'm going to be releasing today. Uh, today is the 31st of January because the the podcast guest was so transparent and allowed me to ask those questions and we talk about that how we often see the end the end product but we don't have any clue how they got there and so she was able to really walk me through where she is in the process and the steps she's taking to get to her end goal but what she's done to get where she is now and so I really appreciated her being open enough to say that and not be one of those people that here I am. I, I was born like this. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do that either. That's something I really value is transparency and context. And I, I always tell people if we had more people telling those stories, I don't think all of us would have so much imposter syndrome and comparison because we would see we've all at some point been on the same page. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you wanted to say to our listeners before we finish up? I think the idea that we've both been really talking about that I think would be nice to wrap up with is just launch something and adjust it, you know, get it out there, adjust, launch your podcast, your book, your course, whatever it is, and then take into account the feedback and adjust it. I think that's something that's really underrated is getting feedback. A lot of us are scared of feedback because we think it's a personal attack when actually it's an opportunity to improve. So, if, you know, you launch a podcast and someone says, I couldn't hear your audio. Well, thank God they told you so you can, you know, raise the audio. And if you launched a course and someone said, I loved it, but the content was kind of overwhelming. Thank God they told you so you can fix the content. So now your next round of members has a really clear way to digest that content. So I always think of that when I'm again, doing something for the first time, like we said, this whole episode, it's probably not going to be that great the first time, but I know that I'm going to get feedback and I can adjust and improve. And that's only going to get better and better. So that's kind of a motto I've been living by is launch and adjust. And I think it's a really powerful one. Launch and adjust. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me in this sandbox. And until next time, I'll see you on Holisticism. Bye. Thank you. Bye.